Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the OrcoCast. My name is the Orcosaurus, and in this podcast, I'm talking to indie game developers about their games and the video game industry in general. So, if you like my show, then please consider subscribing on YouTube, thumb the video up, ring the bell, leave a comment, and if you're listening to one of the many podcast platforms, please consider us giving a review. And if you want to support us, please check out our Patreon. Thank you, everyone, and now on to the show. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the OrcaCast. With me today is Michael from Mindwide Games. Michael, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Orca. Thank you, Orca. Glad to be here. Uh, first of all, my, my name is Michael, and I originate from Texas, but currently I am living in Florida. In Florida. I hope the, I hope uh, you have some... Signs I, I hope you have some alligator protection over there. Don't get eaten. Oh, yeah. They used to teach that back in school is how to run from alligators, <laughs> so I'm pretty good. <laughs> okay. So, Michael, you are obviously, since you're here on the show, you're a game developer. Um, I played your oh. game from... Oh, my God. I forgot the title. I'm. It starts oh, from dust? It begins with dust. It begins with dust. Okay. It begins with us. I played It Begins With Dust on my stream yesterday. Um, today you are on the show. Um, so how did you get initially into game development? So um, what initially got me into it is um, about two and a half years ago, I was manager at a pet store. And I kind of just didn't want to do that anymore. And I was looking for any sort of sign. And the next day, RPG Maker MD popped up the ps4 i played that for a couple months and it just really got me into it and looking how game companies became nowadays how they're kind of like greedy um certain companies are suing like youtube channels and stuff i just want to be up in that tier but i want to be different like bring gaming back to gaming and uh, that's what initially got me into this is i just want to bring back the feel of the old school games where you played and you can really see that the design cared for it yeah that makes sense so and it begins with this is like also an old school game i would say but this is a little bit different especially when you hear it's made an rpg maker um it's different from the usual rpg maker crowd definitely so tell us a little bit a bit uh about the game itself now Right, so Begins With Dust, its uh, origin is actually really interesting. Um, I had a project before that I was working on, but like most people, I was just, it was over ambiguous, so I needed to shrink something down, and I was talking to uh, a friend who uses RPG Maker. We were going down the list, and I brought up City Builder, and he's like, oh man, you can't do that with RPG Maker. Well, that's all I needed to hear was I couldn't. So I sat down and it took me a while. I played a lot of um, games like that, like especially StarCraft. That was a given. You can't build a city builder without playing some StarCraft. Um, it took me about initially eight months, but um, I wanted to build something unique and time waiting system in RPG Maker can be used in a plus 
plug-in, but it's very difficult and finicky to have like a weight system in day and night, and it could have took tremendous time. So I was sitting there thinking what type of genre I could bring into a city builder that would make sense. And um, believe it or not, playing StarCraft, I'm like turn-based. I know it doesn't really have any turn-based stuff to it, but I thought of turn-based and that's where the day and night cycle came in, making it where you have to think of your move the day prior, because once you wait a cycle, a city disaster as you saw could happen and you can lose a breaker tent. Or once you're in the uh, volcano level, which is Hot Side Mountain, you can run into things called disaster imp. So these are just um, manifestations of pure evil and destruction, and they don't like dust effort of rebuilding the clan. So on certain days, they'll show up and um, to get rid of them, you have to use weapons. But the longer they stay, they minus your city's integrity over each cycle or turn. And uh, if your integrity reaches zero, you lose the game, obviously. So you'll have to like, I thought of things like that, like disasters, and you also saw debris as well, to keep the player moving during the day. So it isn't just sit at the HQ and wait a cycle. You have to do stuff during the day as well. Yeah, that, 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 makes, that makes a lot of sense. So how did you actually, um, or, or how was your experience building a, yeah, basically a city builder in the RPG Maker engine? I'm curious about that because the RPG Maker engine is obviously more known for uh, um, old school RPGs, uh, like the old school Final Fantasy games. And mm -hmm. yeah, how, how was that experience for you building a city builder in that engine? I mean, the most joy I've ever had. No, <laughs> um, to be honest with you, it was it was a struggle. I was basically using an engine, like you said, that's not designed for that. It's made for like turn-based battle, story and all that. So I was basically learning how to bend the um, engine itself to work like a regular engine so I could make a city builder like how could I use events and variables and that game is pure variable I can't tell you um, exactly how much but without the variable system which is how the game checks for resources how much wood you have instead of this and how many settlers and even how many days you want and which disasters are variables as well so learning which like program or system worked the best for a city builder was the biggest wall i was running into because before that i was just trying to use um switch and triggers which something has to happen for that instead of variables where the system itself checks for it so it i would say about two months in the project was almost almost deemed um incompletable because i'm like ah maybe i'm asking too much of rpg maker and then i was sitting there and i realized in the old project i was working in there was a very like caveman that's what we'll say. We'll say caveman-like crafting system. It was pretty much like thick rope, rock equals axe. So I was like, maybe, and it used variables a little bit. So I brought that over and I basically 
basically pumped it full of monster and as much caffeine as I could possibly muster <clears throat> into basically creating imagine a tree just a tree made of variables each branch checked something and it also it gave you stuff as well because it had to see which level you completed um if there was a disaster imp and stuff like that and it was really fun like in the middle i was having a blast after i figured out the variables and stuff like that i was absolutely loving it like i was riding a dragon just full of adrenaline just absolutely amazed at what was happening that this project is actually coming to fruition and what was cool is the friend who doubted me who gave me the motivation to do it uh, was now super impressed he was like, oh my god, I can't believe that a city builder is going to come out of RPG Maker. Because when you type RPG Maker on Steam, like you said, it's a lot of adventure games and stuff like that. Um, there's also unique sto like storybook games, but I've never seen a city builder or anything like that designed with an RPG Maker engine. So doing that was really cool too, that I could bring that to the community. I was really ecstatic because I felt like the community deserved to see that RPG Maker can be more than that. That if someone put their mind to it, you can create almost any game genre you feel like out of RPG Maker. Yes, that is true. Um, but still, the the RPG Maker engine, I mean, they change it now. They, they want to bring out one based on the Unity engine, so there is that. But the RPG Maker engine, the old one, is quite limited because it's Java, essentially. Very. And oh, uh, what, what I, what you said earlier, uh, during, while you discussed your um, your journey in making the game, um, you you almost quit, or you said it was not almost feasible to make it. Did you at any point contemplating to switch engine? Um, actually, yes. That's my whole goal at the long run, is once I get the finances, I want to switch and use actual game engine. I appreciate RPG Maker, but it's kind of like, uh, like being a kid. It's a sandbox. It gets you used to it. You have fun. But I almost did. If I had the funds, I most definitely would have. I didn't look at the, anything because I did not have the funds. But um, it was going to be backburnered. It wasn't going to be completely trash. But I was thinking RPG Maker couldn't do it. But I figured out it could. Okay. Um, do you have an engine once you want to switch in mind that you want to switch to or are you just like yeah i'm just looking at them maybe later i don't know yet uh there's a couple one of course given is unity or unreal engine most definitely the bit because i want to build like 3d games and stuff like legend of zelda dark cloud and all those pretty good ones um but i kind of like rpg maker as well i was thinking that maybe like even in the long run when i'm using um triple a engines and stuff like that i do still want to release rpg maker games just for the community um because they're cheap or free and they're really fun to play the one i was recently looking at is RPG Maker Unity, of course, because Unity and RPG Maker are doing a thing. So after a couple stuff launches for that, most definitely grabbing that. And RPG Maker, I want to say Bakken, it's B-A-K-I-N, I believe. Um, 
What's really cool about that one, the reason I want to switch to that one soon, is you know original RPG Maker games, they're kind of like top-down, like flat, looking at a piece of paper. Uh, what Bakken does is instead of using a plug-in or manipulating the engine, it makes it 3D. You can have a 3D RPG Maker uh, game, kind of looking like... There was a game by Square Enix that came out that used something that looked similar like that. It was very 8-bit, but it was 3D, so instead of looking down, you were looking forward. And I'm very excited for that because I like building giant creatures and stuff like that that are petrified that I think would look amazing in 3D. That sounds great. <clears throat> so, and you you already have another project on Ichio. You linked it to me. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really look at it. I didn't have the time, unfortunately. Um, but tell, tell us a little bit about the other project you, you have um, currently out. Okay, so you, I'm super excited you asked. It's okay you haven't checked it yet because that project, uh, that was the first one. That was the ambitious project. So the link you got it on my itch.io, I'm terrible at that name. I call it a non-canon tech demo. So originally that was going to be the storyline and how the game came out. But after playing um, building Begins With Dust, <clears throat> I learned so much. Uh, more about the engine that I completely stripped it down um, and started to rebuild it. I just completed the just the intro movie right now. I got a bunch of maps laid out. But what you were sent is the tech demo. So it is about six sages and is a war among sages between Lady Star, the eternal sage of life, and Mortricia, the sage of, I mean, everlasting life and Mortricia, the sage of internal rest, life and death. So there's a war going on between them where Mortricia has been wanting claim over Hope Star, but Lady Star won't let it happen. And the other sages, uh, fire, water, thunder, and nature, um, are helping Lady Star fight off. Well, Mortricia got tired of losing and acquired the forbidden book of the Haranomicon, which is of Terran magic. It specializes in mutating the mortal flesh and bending the human soul. Using that, she was able to overthrow Lady Star uh, using Downpour, empowering him with the powers of terror magic. Well, right before Lady Star was overtaken and destroyed, she sent out five pieces of her heart because it's inspired by old school games. You gotta have five pieces of something to collect. <laughs> you know, five force, people, anything. So it's five pieces of her heart have been scattered and the other sages have agreed to hide them. But before she fell, the sages need some machine or something, I don't want to give it away, to fight back. Well, you speed up about a century and you meet Luga, who is the hero of the story, but he has a secret past. He has no family and he was raised by the mayor. Without going too far into it, just in case you play it, um, you, instead of heroes, 
because heroes fell when Lady Star did because she really like led the heroes. There's job hunters. So instead of weapons and armors, you use clothes sets and tools. So the turn-based combat, I didn't want, I wanted to be inspired by retro games, but I didn't want it to be just turn-based. I couldn't figure out how to use an ABS, which is action battle system for like, you know, Legend of Zelda straight on the screen. So instead of using the attack button or regular weapon, you use items, your item screen. So you can use food, like a banana to make your enemy slip and it can stun them. You can use a glue gun, which holds them in place. We have a money bomb that explodes with coins and can activate bleed and stuff like that. So it adds more of a strategy to it. You gotta figure out which tool is perfect to hold the monster down or do the most damage or do status effects. And um, as you play as Luga and complete these jobs, you learn your story and you eventually leave your hometown and go on an adventure collecting all five of the hearts. And that game, would you say, is complete? Probably, right? No. So actually, Begins with Dust is complete. It's a bite-sized project. Ah, I wanted something between, like, one or two hours. So that took about, like, six, eight months. The thing I sent you is just a tech demo. It's not even canon. So the storyline isn't the storyline it is now. Because I'm working... I was working on it before... <clears throat> before our little call today. So that will be released in a couple years complete, but I left the tech demo up just so people can see the direction I'm taking uh, because I added crown achievements too because it's not on Steam, it's on Itch and it's an RPG maker game so you can actually unlock achievements within the game and you can check your menu and see them like trophies on PS4 or achievements on Xbox. Oh, so the games are also on on Xbox and on PlayStation? No, 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 no. Hmm. No, I was saying um, the game has achievements like them. Ah, Like okay. trophies. Yeah. But it's just a demo at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you answered my question actually that I had next. Um, yeah, then, then I, I, I somehow bad. mix it up. I no thought bad. I thought that begins with dust was just or was a demo but you already completed it like you said it's bite-sized it's an hour um by the way if anybody wants to check that project out links in the description so uh go over there check it out it's like like michael said one one or two hours to complete give him give him the time and give him some feedback on the project some nice feedback please any feedback would be appreciated So, um, what what is next for you? What is next for your game development endeavors? So after Hope Stars, uh, Hope Star Stories, um, I've been really intrigued by one of my childhood games because it was on the N64, and this was, was back before violence and cussing was really a thing. So I was at Blockbusters, um, rest in peace, because we don't have that no more. It was Conker's Bad Fur Day. My mom got it for me. She's like, it's a squirrel rated M, but how bad could it be? It's an N64 game. And that game was just amazing. Of course, we had to return it, but I wrote down the name and got Conker's Live and and Reloaded years later. (laughs) So my next goal and project is a game like 
Conqueror's Bad Fur Day. Like, I want to go full-blown. Um, I've been thinking of a couple names, but I was thinking off the hinge. And I wanted it to start stupid like Conker's. Like, he's just hung over trying to get home. And all this stuff just happens to him. It's freaking amazing. So I want this to be where a guy's trying to fix his door, his front door, but he doesn't have any new hinges. So he's just trying to get to the hardware store to get new hinges. But I'm just going to have all this bizarre crap happen in between. It's, of course, going to be rated M. It's going to be right up your alley. All the jiggly. <laughs> And it's just a project I've been just writing at the moment because I don't think I'm going to use RPG Maker. I think when I have the funds, I'm going to hire a artist because I definitely want to give to the community and hire people um, and just help people out and stuff like that. And I want it to be original art. I think for it to be really funny and get the point across, I want this to be probably made in like Unreal or something like that and be a successor to Conquer's Best for it. Okay, that that is one um that is one hell of a project you you want to do there. Um I know you oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, you already did like two um so one prototype and one bite-sized game, but you are aware that this is going to be a huge undertaking. Uh most definitely, I think that's one of my turn-ons <laughs> about being a game developer is um uh, that's why I said after Hope Star, I still want to learn and stuff like that. There might be another project in between that called Tag It, but it's just going to be like a maze chase game. Um but I know it's going to be a huge endeavor. That's why I want to be able to hire people on because um, after completing these two projects and stuff like that, I've learned that it's cool to do stuff by yourself. Like I was inspired by Concern Ape who did Stardew Valley by himself. So the whole reason I'm like, I can do this. <clears throat> but I realized to be able to do like AAA games and stuff like that, you gotta build a team. So I've been slowly trying to figure it out, reaching out to friends and fans, and um, just lining up people for it as well. Because it's definitely not gonna be a bite-sized project. It's probably gonna be a buffet. It's gonna be plenty to eat, with plenty more for leftovers. Okay. Do you plan on, uh, or, or how do you plan on getting other people on board with your project? Because you already said you need other people to do it. How, how do you plan on like enticing people to come to join your project to do this game with you? Well, I'm planning to do this in a few years, so I'm hoping um, I just kind of I build a fan base. But not only that, kind of do how me and you reached out. How either I reached out, I think you reached out to me or I reached out to you first. But kind of building a friendship, talking to people, um, doing what I especially did before I replied and lined all this up and see what they're about so I don't waste their time, see if they're an artist, music designer. Uh, there's I've met a couple people who are actually specialized in making custom sprites and tiles for RPG makers. So I might be able to do a uh, couple custom graphics in that engine, which would be exciting. But just reaching out to people and stuff like that, seeing what they're about, um, seeing if they're about the project and stuff like that. But I don't want to reach out too much right now, just because I planned this in a couple years and I don't want to waste anybody's time. But that's definitely the game plan is to build like a pool of people who know what they're doing and they're ready to build this hilarious game. Because I want to tell them what it's about because I don't want anybody to get offended working or blindsided going, whoa, I didn't know this was a Conker's game. So that's definitely going to be 
um, like a wall I run into, but I'm pretty sure I'll find plenty of people who are willing to help and stuff like that. And like I said, I will be building a revenue up so I can pay these people because nothing beautiful is free. All right, then I wish you, wish you, um, good luck on that endeavor because just to, to, to veer off a little bit from my experience, a lot of people are not uh let's put it that way a lot of people are not willing anymore to um basically work on a project for i mean i you didn't say that you didn't say that i also don't want to imply that you expect that but a lot of people don't if they don't have the passion for it don't want to work on a project for free and i yeah. think or or in general they expect payment and that's it's completely fine um a rebuttal on that real quick is uh i completely understand that i was raised in a family where time is money you don't work for free so even if someone is passionate and let's say they're so passionate they're like oh michael i would work on this for free they would not work on it for free because this is a project that i would probably charge for so anybody who would work would obviously get paid just because that's a sort of sign of respect as well. I think working for free on any project or asking for it would be disrespectful on the artist because they're putting their passion and their hard work in. Yes, agreed. I mean, like like I said, I, I didn't really expect you uh, to... Yeah to um like be that kind of person but i feel like it's in in this current climate that we have it's really hard to find people that see your vision and share it with you even because i also know from um other deaf friends that i have that it's um sometimes really hard to just find people who even with payment will work consistently with you yeah dog eat dog world kind of yeah it's it's, it's rough out there man it is very very rough like i said i want to change the game industry and having that sort of like i call it a balloon dream because it's just huge it's full of air to want to like go head to head with like nintendo and stuff like that is completely insane but understanding that i'm ready for it if i do everything in my power there's only one of two things that'll happen i'll either succeed and change the world and you get to watch it with me since this is the beginning or i don't but i'm still a respectable game company you know what i mean like it feels like a win-win situation for me so i'm definitely ready for any difficulties because i'm already doing it by myself so if i have to do it for a while and it takes years before i even get one person then um so be it i guess <laughs> give up yeah because i feel like because i like i said i want to change the industry so this far in you know i'm doing an interview with you i've released begins with dust so i'm pretty deep in the pool like i'm neck deep right now <laughs> so i feel like if I give up now or stop without putting my all in it or at least seeing. I'm not only like, it's not just me. I'm giving up on you. I'm giving up on the community. Like I built a city builder with RPG Maker. I'm showing the world different or the community different things of RPG Maker. So to give up on making games would to be giving up on the community. Yes. Uh, have, <laughs> sorry that I asked that question because you, 
I mean, you said it's love, it's it's lofty goals, and I'm I'm very intrigued. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't want to belittle it. But have you always been like a a let's let's say a, a person with their head in the clouds? Um, honestly, yes. I have always been told in school and stuff like that. Always been told that um, I know the saying is "get your head out of the clouds," but they don't would always see uh say i need to look down the street which means i need to only see what's in front of me instead of trying to see the next block over but um i never could like i always wanted to see what was over what i could do what i couldn't do when i was um younger i used to write just all sorts of stories but what was funny is my inspir inspiration back then and now forever is Stephen King. So imagine this little 10 year old writing horror stories. My mom got so many calls. There's something wrong with Michael. Nothing's wrong with him. He just likes horror stories. <laughs> so I've always been a big imaginer. And what's funny is I've always had this dream of wanting to design video games. It was never like, honestly, never for this passionate of a reason. That's why I'm happy I'm doing it now because I'm not doing it for a selfish reason. I feel like um, that would equal failure. Selfish reason would equal failure. But it started small. Instead of wanting to make games, I just wanted to have a game store better than GameStop uh, called Galaxy Games. I had the name for it and everything. I wanted to be better than GameStop because GameStop was doing the same thing. It started really good and then it just got greedy and started to hate even its employees. So um, I bought and sold retro games for a while. Oh, excuse me. I bought and sold retro games for a while, but I eventually got out of that because even that, like, the people I met just were greedy and stuff like that. I met a couple cool people, but it just wasn't a community I wanted to support in my area. I'm not going to say everywhere because I'm pretty sure there's really cool trading communities. It's just here in um, Florida, it's really rough. <laughs> it's a uh, doggy dog world, as you said. I can, I can, I can at least attest that it's also where I live pretty harsh. Um, you used yeah. to, especially since people are more in the know, um, what certain yeah, games, what certain, what certain games, what certain retro systems are worth. Um, you get like, for example, professional traders that, uh, ride their way into the market and uh, just like fuck up the fun for everyone like you can't go to a flea market anymore for example and and find a good deal no my flea market got uh shut down so i don't even have a flea market in my area anymore i mean yeah ours got shut down too after covid but i think they want to reopen for an example reopen them ours yeah ours won't because uh they it was like a it's a big finasco it'll be way off topic so i won't get into it mm. But uh, yeah, ours won't re reopen, sadly, because growing up from like, I want to say like 10 with my parents and then by myself, I always had a booth selling video games or I made stickers and stuff like that. So I've always been selling or making something mm -hmm. like a dwarf. Always making something. Always <laughs> making something. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is the segment now where you can tell the viewer anything you want them to tell. You can tell them about your projects, where we can find you. Um, I will put all the links in the description anyways. You have the stage. Shoot from the hip. Let's go. <laughs> so 
So, um, first of all, I'll do the plug-in, get that out of the way. You can find me at MindWideGames at itch.io, Facebook, or Twitter. That's the most active. Um, you can also find updates and my donation page at kofi.com. It's hard to pronounce, or Kofi, or it's K-O-I dot I-F, yeah, dot com. K-O-I dash F-I. F-I, yeah, thank you. You know, at Mindwide Games as well. I tried to keep it universal, so pretty much on all those, if you just type in Mindwide Games, you can definitely find me. Um, I think I'm going to use this moment real quick just to be inter- inspirational towards the viewer. If you're going through any struggles right now or a project you're working on, like me with Begins With Dust, and you're doubting yourself, and you're like, oh man, I really don't know if I can do this. You definitely can. There's just something in the human body we were just given that designed us with passion and completion that if you really just sit down and believe in yourself and get out of your own way, you can 100% do it. No one can truly stop you. Like Even if you have family, friends, or people at work who are talking down on you or stuff like that, or um, even right now, to be honest with you, the property I'm on is being sold, so we have to find a new place to live. Even during all this, I'm still working on my project because I've developed, it took a while though, about three years of working on the new one day, a like stubbornness of design where I just can't stop the project at first, I was doubting myself, but now I'm like addicted to it. Like a good cup of coffee is how I can explain it. It's just simply delicious now. But it takes a while, so I understand and don't beat yourself up because, to be honest with you, 100%, I don't want anybody to think that uh, these two projects were constant work, to be honest with you. Um, I was not every single day working on it. There was moments where I was working on it for weeks couldn't sleep, nothing like that. But with certain things going on in life, I would have moments where I would take, let's say like a week, maybe even a month break because I just mentally couldn't focus and stuff like that. Um, That's perfectly okay. But the way you get through that is keep your project or what you're working on or your goals and dreams in the back of your head. Don't beat yourself up about it, but remind yourself that there's things that need to be done. You got to do it, you know, or you're going to wake up and repeat the same life you don't want to. And eventually that will nag you in the back working and that's kind of how I got myself into the routine and stuff like that of waking up and putting at least you know not too much but at least an hour but sometimes it turns into the whole day of work into mind-wide games or hope star stories the actual game um you know to do that and stuff like that but that takes a while so it's completely understandable but you gotta keep doing and i believe in anybody if you have a dream you can do it and um i had something else to say but i completely forgot gotta be the cough but that's pretty much uh how I feel with the floor when I have the mic is I really just wanted to let the community know that I'm here for them and they can 100% do anything they put their minds and support this guy right here, Orko, because he's amazing. Thank you. All right, um, let's go and switch over to the video game industry. So, oh boy. Oh boy. I would say that the video game industry, let's say in the last maybe 
five to ten years has been rapidly changing. There's a lot happening right now. There's a lot of influence from the mobile market, of course, which I personally do not see as part of the gaming industry uh, or the classic gaming industry. I see it as its um. So or, I see it as its own gaming thing. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's its own kind of genre. Because my mom's a mobile gamer, but I also have a friend who's uh 25 who's a mobile gamer. But playing mobile games myself, I agree with you. It's not a regular game genre. It's kind of like a game community of it. Me. Yeah, it's 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 his own thing. Um, but more and more influence seeps into the classical gaming industry, I would say. Um, and like loot yeah, boxes. Yeah, loot boxes, <laughs> NFTs, a lot of a lot of stuff. And since we are already at it, let's just tell me what is your current least favorite trend going on in the gaming industry. Let me think, man, because the games I've been playing are classic PS2 right now just to get inspiration. But let me think of, ooh, 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 ooh. I got a good one. People are going to come at me for this one. But it's a prime example. Um, Overwatch 2 makes my skin crawl. The, the overall trend I've noticed is what I've been calling server killing. And instead of going into a long thing to explain it, over again, Overwatch 2. So Overwatch was out, and instead of updating that or continuing that, we're coming out with a complete unique sequel. They just shot it. They just took it behind the shed and went pew, you know? They killed the complete server and converted it to free, which would be great. But they locked everything, even characters, behind a battle pass. And now that brings me to the actual uh, answer to your question is battle pass. It's in multiverses. It's in Overwatch. It's in Paladins. Almost every online game you've play there's some sort of loot box or battle pass thrown in there doesn't make no sense but there it is spend your money and that just makes my skin crawl <laughs> <laughs> i it's i mean really battle passes i would say battle passes aren't even the worst but i can see why you say that and i also i also am well aware what uh, that Overwatch was just taken out basically or converted into Overwatch 2 and you couldn't even go back to to play Overwatch 1 if you wanted it's just not there anymore I'm talking about no, video game talking about video game preservation <laughs> right yeah. talking about making sure it's there for your uh, your children's children no no it, it won't be they they don't want that um and that's that's also one of my least favorite trends but we, we, I'll, I'll elaborate on that in a little bit. Um, the, the the big issue I see more is uh, trying at the moment or, or trying to shoehorn uh, um, NFTs into gaming. I mean that trend oh, thankfully yeah. is is going away. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just making noises over here. I totally forgot about freaking... I'm trying not to cuss too much because you said NFTs. Man, when I first saw the news that they were going to add NFT to video games, I, like, my heart was like, why? Gaming... Like, if that succeeded, I'm not going to lie, Orko, I was like, gaming's dead. Gaming's all about money now. Who cares? We can have a stick, hit a stick. Who cares? It makes money. Like, I was so disappointed when I... 
I saw NFTs, but then, like you said, they're dying out. So I'm kind of like, yes, we fought back. It's working. We're drawing the line somewhere. Have your loot boxes, have your battle passes, but you can take back your NFTs. No thank you. I mean, they also can take back their uh, their loot boxes as well because fuck those. And they and they can also keep and they also can shove the overtly grindy battle passes up their asses. So ba battle battle passes are fine as long as they aren't overtly grindy. If that makes they sense. They gotta be equal. Yeah. And they gotta be equal too because I hate games punishing people without money. Like I get it. Like, skins and stuff like that, that's understandable. That's cosmetic. Like, I'm not really gonna argue that part. But don't really, like, lock it behind loot boxes. Just make it accessible. But if you look at battle passes, they're split. Instead of having one battle pass, there's two battle passes. And if you don't pay for the premium, which is whatever they want it to be, because unlike video games, battle passes don't have a set price. You know, I saw one for 25 bucks. It was like, what? Um, but if you look at it, you'll see that you're like three levels, like you said, grindy. After three levels, you unlock this. But with a premium battle pass, almost every single level you're getting stuff and then it's gone forever like if they did that what they should do is the stuff in the premium after the battle pass is over put it in the store i know it's not a good answer but it still gives people access to it they just have to wait for the battle pass to be over or earn it during the battle I think I think the, the you you already touched upon it in the, when you were talking about Overwatch 2. They put like the characters on the, to the battle pass. I I've not been following, so if anybody knows more, uh, my last stand is that the characters are in the battle pass and they go away after the battle pass is finished. You can correct me yeah. on that. That's perfectly fine if that changed. But like this, just just the concept alone, especially in a shooter where the point is um and you can switch or counterplay at any given time and that's just fucked like that that's just counter to the entirety of the of the gaming system yeah like i thought you know battle passes and i mean uh, loot boxes and stuff was bad but actual characters now like this is like like you said mobile this is pay to win like when is blizzard or companies gonna sit down and realize like oh hey guys like we're making enough money <laughs> we made enough stop they but never make they never make enough money they want to make all the money in the world and that's the issue with gaming is like with gaming be for me be a gaming company like if you make good games and you're passionate money will come and i think that was the problem is money comes too easy when you're good at it like square enix and all that good stuff and they just they got high off it and now that's all it's like how can we make more how can we do this like if they have ambitious projects that actually need that much money like do what i like to say at the market and bite the bullet maybe not do the project but you're really trying to milk the community here yeah it's, that's also true i mean it's 
it's a it's a worrying trend. I know that a lot of people also um, play Overwatch. A lot of people that I'm also friends with, and they say, "Yeah, no problem. I just don't pay for it." But hear me out on this one. Even if you don't pay for it, you support it because you play the game. You give the game exposure. You tell people and your friends, "Hey, download the game, play it with me. It's free." I, I, I don't like. Yeah. I. I I feel like that you should just no cap nope the fuck out of there. Like, don't give them exposure, don't play their game, do nothing. The moment you pull a friend in, they already won because you might not spend money, but your friend but might spend might. money. But Blizzard, what's weird and most people don't know this, is whether you spend money or not, they make money off of you playing. As soon as you download to the moment you stop playing, they're making money because it's sort of like a generating thing so even though you're not um paying money your presence is making other people play money because maybe they want a better skin or they want that character to beat you or something like that or even just in click generation yeah exactly but i agree with you i don't play overwatch 2 i used to play the first one i stopped and then when overwatch 2 came out and i saw how they did it execution style i was like no i'm never playing this you can't support that they don't care they absolutely don't okay so i'm just checking on the time before mm-hmm. we we had a good talk um but i have another question so to to get a little bit away from all the what, what's kind of fucked up in the gaming industry is there a trend that you really like is there something where you say oh yeah that's something we should embrace more mm-hmm. let me think real quick I was, I'll be honest with you, I was going to say like high on life, like a game just to be a game, but I 100%, uh, you can look it up after if you don't know. I know. I can't support. I know. Yeah, I can't support that anymore. So let's, I'm not going to talk about that. But I, I just, just grounded. one thing. Oh, there we go. Just yeah. one thing I will say about that. I feel like you can still say you enjoyed the game um, without being a terrible person. Yeah, because I played it way before and then I found out I don't play it no more. But like you said with um, Overwatch 2, just talking about it, just playing it, or just acknowledging it brings light to it. That's why uh, I was like, uh, you know, I'll bring up that I like that a game was just released for a game. You know, no no loot boxes, no nothing, just a short, sweet, bite-sized enjoyment. But I also, too, don't want to bring light to the person because of everything that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But my favorite trend right now, oh, it's happening in RPG Maker with me and everybody else. Just games coming out. Like, you could see that um, people are starting to release more unique games. So I guess the trend I'm excited about is we're breaking the trend. Like, there's not a lot of Soulborne games coming out. Um, It seems like the Fortnite clones are dying off as well. Like, uh, what's the genre of it? Battle Royale. That's breaking. So I guess my favorite trend is the death of most trends. (laughs) (laughs) The death of most trends. Well, there will always be trend chasing going on, though. You you can can bet your left testicle on that. (laughs) If I have one, I'll bet the right. (laughs) Okay, last question, then we wrap it up. Imagine the following. You're in front of the United Nations, and you are invited to talk on behalf of all video games. What are you going to tell the United Nations about video games? Video games can unite people. There are stories upon stories 
of friendship and family made through gaming. There's a story about people, uh, one of their people in their game group died and they held a funeral for him and honored him. Video games can change the world. They're not creating violent criminals. If we really put the time and effort reaching people through video games, we can really change the world. Emma's last words. I love it. All right, um, Michael, thank you for coming. If you, oh, thank you for having me, Orko. If you're ever gonna be the biggest, uh, most badass gaming studio in the world, uh, you can come back. But you can also come back when you are not, when you're still a solo dev, when your next project maybe is released. We talk again. But until then, I'm the Orcosaurus. I you can find me on twitch.tv slash theorcosaurus as a streamer. I have an alternative YouTube channel at the Orcosaurus, and you can find me on all socials, also the Orcosaurus. And if you want to support the show, you can do that on Patreon. Um, you get early access to all episodes with just for just one. 20 a month uh, you can also choose any of the hierarchies if you want to and with that being said thank you for listening you have been an amazing audience and i bid you all a farewell bye bye y'all have a fantastic day and keep on trucking